Welcome to Space Bros, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is the only five foot eight attack of the killer woman. (laughs) Hey Mary, what's up? (laughs) I got an extra three inches. I feel so proud. This is so good. This is so good because a lot of a lot of women who are taller than I am, which comprise a fair amount, I am exactly average height for a woman. First of all, how tall are you? I'm five five, mm-hmm. and I a lot of women that I am friends with that happen to be taller than I am and happen to be beyond average, which is good for them, tend to lord it over me that I am shorter than them. And I always want to be like, hey, I never said that I was tall. I just said that no, I was I strictly average. and you and Lee assumed you were the same height as me. So that's strictly said, I was like, average. <laughs> well, you're above average in every way, shape and form. And don't you freaking forget it. Except height, because then I'm exactly average. Um, (laughs) But every other way, yes, I make up for my average height with my extraordinary personality. Um, There you go. Um, But uh, I loved that intro because it (laughs) takes us seamlessly into the topic that we're discussing today. um, Which is um, the, the dangers of very tall women. (laughs) Um, I like that would literally be the contemporary retitling (laughs) or maybe if it was like maybe like a bad a bad Italian uh, translation over dangerous tall woman Um, (laughs) we're covering the B-movie classic Attack of the 50 Foot Woman who came which came out in um, 1958 and I had always thought that every this poster was like just has just been like omnipresent in my life i'm pretty sure i have a mug that has this picture on it but a quick poll of people around my office today when i said i had to record tonight and then people were like you're recording i'm like yeah i told you about my podcast before and they're like oh yeah um (laughs) but then they always ask what we're gonna do and then i said attack of the 50 foot woman and i made the same joke that i made at the end of maniac last week where i said you've seen the poster now see the movie um and they were like we don't know what you're talking about i was like are you are you kidding me yeah, I've seen that poster everywhere. That is so... I, maybe it's, like, one of those things where, like, if you're looking for posters about women being giant and uh, ferocious forces, you see them. And if you aren't, you don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, I'm not sure everyone knows what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this poster. So, I'm going to briefly describe it. Please um, do. Bas- basically, it's this, like, bright yellow poster. I was going to say and, yellow background. <laughs> yep. And dominating it is this sneering giant woman kind of hunched over, like, twisted over, like, this little, like, knot of overpasses and highways. And she's wearing a white old-fashioned bikini, and she's holding one smoking car in her left hand as little, like, ant-sized people flee away from her. And it's really great. (laughs) It's a great-looking poster. It's an amazing image. Like, I have always loved it, and therefore, yeah, always been... uh, Like, I assumed that everybody else had also seen it so you know um so this poster was designed by reynold brown um who also designed the incredibly um iconic poster for ben hur the really big chunky um stone letters yeah um but who actually had kind of a sad life despite the fact that he contributed so greatly to um you know media and what and what we think well yeah and graphic designer on cinema yeah huge Um, yeah no that's that's 
that's wild. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But like half his body became paralyzed and he basically couldn't work anymore. It's really sad. Oh, my God. But I hope. (laughs) I know. Very sad. Um, Very sad. But what's even. Well, but what is also sad. Let's say not. Mm -hmm. Let's not make comparisons. What's also sad is that um, I think that most people have seen this poster. I still believe that. But I think that the movie itself, like the contents of which are less well known. Yeah, I would agree. Um, because the poster is like, it's, <clears throat> I think that it's fun because you see it in, well, like, yes, it is a woman in a bikini and, like, her arm is strategically placed in a way where, like, there's no, um, you can't see any cross shot. It still felt like it feels so subversive to have a giant woman that's strong and, like, whatever that it, as when I was younger, I felt like it was, it felt feminist to me, you know? Uh, I still feel like an expression of female rage like that felt yeah. um, feels uh, so transgressive, you know? Yeah. And it's definitely fully in the public domain, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so that yes. also probably adds to its popularity. But yeah, uh, I think, 100%. I feel like this poster is shorthand for both um, feminist interests and also um, like cult and midnight movies. Yeah. And those are two things. The intersection of those two things is like my sweet spot. So, oh, like, Chrissy, the intersection of those two things is kind of at least 50 percent of the time this podcast. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. So it made yeah. total sense for us to watch it. Yeah, um, 100. It, it also has a delightful hour and five minute runtime, which after her, <laughs> which, which after our, our, our recent marathon of, uh, mm-hmm. of long format items was it was a treat. We really just deserved it. I feel. Um, and you deserve it too, busy person out there listening (laughs) in podcast land. So this movie, um, was made over the course of eight days, um, for just shy of 90 grand. (laughs) Um, so it was pretty, which, you know, back in the day was, was more money, but, um, I think it looks better and feels better than that. Um, yeah. But the person who would not agree with that statement was the director, um, Nathan Juron, who was so unhappy with the final film that he changed his uh, credit to Nathan Hertz, which is his middle name. So he like put a nom de plume on this so that he wow. wouldn't own it. Weird, wow. right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some parts like in terms of the technology that are kind of funny, but like I would not, you know, I, it was enjoyable. It's an hour of it. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I there think are definitely worse type of women. Like I like to say when it's like, oh, that thing was 20 bucks, but also haven't you spent $20 on stupider things? I've spent hours of my life on much stupider things than watching I have Attack enjoyed, of the 50 Foot Woman. I have enjoyed um, move. I have enjoyed hour long uh, media that I have enjoyed far less far with, less. with yes. higher expectations. Been disappointed mm-hmm. by hour media far more <laughs> than I and had less to say about it than I have to say about this, which was like, I thought it was like pretty chock block and oodles of topics. Just like yeah, flowed out of it. Um, and I think mostly that's what. So I was a little bit surprised. I started reading. Um, this is, of course, a very like an older movie um, and uh, very iconic for the time. So I started like digging into more like traditional film crit of it just as just to kind of like, you know, whet my appetite. And I was sure. surprised by how many people were just sort of like and including their Wikipedia page. So you don't even have to like look hard for this. But. People are like, nah, it's just kind of derivative of other big, big creature B movies like them, or the or the Amazing Colossal Man, which I have never seen, and the poster is not nope. as good. By the way, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. But I think I think the reason that it is important and and holds such a such a strong hold on our psyche is that it is an atomic paranoia piece um, about that empowers the scariest thing one could imagine a woman (laughs) like. Right. Like that. That is why it's the scariest, most dangerous, um, hardest. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, did you, like, we can get some first impression stuff if you got it or if, or, you know. um, Yeah. So what did you, what did you think this movie was going to be like? um, Sight unseen. So, um, from seeing the poster, I thought that there would be, I thought it would be a lot more of her giant and rampaging. Yeah. I did not expect the, uh, the kind of alien uh, plot that led to this. I did not expect, like. All of the ways in which, all of the very familiar ways in which she's condescended to and discounted and gaslit. Um, and I, and also like, she doesn't do a lot of destruction. She honestly is pretty reasonable in what it is that she does. Like, I would have been this- far more unreasonable. Yes. Oh my God. She barely destroys a goddamn thing. Like, I also would have expected her to be in a city as opposed to what appears to be an old West town. Oh but yeah. We'll get like, into she's that. like, she's a, yeah, she's in, she's an old prospecting country as we <laughs> yeah, see like- from like this really weird cameo of a guy <laughs> with a mule. who's like, all you can find is radiant. And like, there was a time when you can find gold and you're like, what is happening right now, sir? Anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, I've got yeah. some theories on that part. That's a fun part. Um, but I'll give you a quick yeah. uh, overview of what this movie is about. So um, Nancy, the titular woman, is a socialite who's married to a world-class horrible human named Harry. Asshole. Yeah. The worst. Um, and after a particularly bad night out at a local bar, Nancy storms out on Harry and in typical 50s B-movie style has an alien counter that just so happens <laughs> to cause her to grow fi- into a 50-foot giant. <laughs> Given this unprecedented turn of events, um, I'm happy to say that Nancy rejects the traditionally prescribed R&R of rest and relaxation and instead decides that revenge <laughs> yeah. and rampage are the R's she's going to have are really the best medicine for her at this time. Woohoo! Um, and it's it's a fun flick. So, let's get into time. these let's get into these feminist themes. Woohoo! Okay. Let's do it. Um so I had one one of my so this is also the first time I had seen this film for the pod um, and I thought this movie was about feminine rage I thought that that was like and, yes. it, and it is but it I is. thought that that was like a central plot point of this is that she like got so mad and then she got huge like hulked out I thought this was early. yeah no yeah that's you thought it would, yes agreed yes. I didn't and think there would be is, just something that happened to her more right. so. And it is, but it is not this version. So there yeah. is, that's an invention of the 1993 Christopher Guest remake, which now I desperately want to see and I might, we might want to do for this podcast. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I thought we were going to come in and basically talk about like feminine rage and like what that does. And instead I was surprised and, 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 you know, in a, in a good way that it's like yeah. more interesting comments about gender power dynamics, um, and yeah. that subverted and exceeded my expectations overall. I'd agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the the power dynamics in, in this said here film, in this here piece of cinema? Yeah, let's do it. So 
the central characters we kind of center around this this bad marriage between Nancy and Harry. Um, yeah, and tangentially, I think we should mention Honey. Uh, yes, and Honey, the, the the lady on the side, the third, the lady on the side that. At first, you're like, okay, well, you know, someone's girlfriend. No, she's pretty sinister. So um, that's oh, you know, yeah, no, she's yeah. she's she's a wild <laughs> yeah. character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I was I was kind of I was inter- it was interesting that um, Nancy's and ha- Nancy and Harry's marriage plays into some traditionally patriarchic gender patriarchal gender roles that I would expect of this time, right? Sure. Like. You get the sense that, like, Nancy's expected to keep her emotions in check and care for her husband. And yeah. and that's, like, the norm. And then when she breaks that, that's bad. While yeah. Harry is, like, freer to be a person that, like, kind of, like, do whatever he wants. He doesn't owe his There's wife very much. kind of, like, a wink and a nod to him, like, you know, fucking around. Oh, um, the, more than a wink everyone. and a nod. I mean, from everyone yeah. except for, like, at one point. And I was sure that... I. So when we first meet this doctor, I'm positive that this doctor is actually like a shady dude who's like trying to help like have this woman committed. And yeah. instead, like you get this moment from him later where he's like very disappointed in you, sir. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, I think he okay. feels he feels a different social role, which we will get to so <laughs> yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. But like you kind of get like Nancy is sort of like her her traditional role is that she's supposed to be the wife who just wants to be loved. And she totally fits that model where yeah. like her crisis is that um, and the thing that's pushed her to addiction and mental breakdown is because her parasitic <clears throat> husband won't tell her he loves her and won't like come home. No. And that that's he's literally a gold digger who um yeah. who married her for her wealth and does not care for her at all and instead tries to you know, philander his way into other kinds of joy, I guess. Yes. And that sort of surprised me. I did not expect them to do that. Uh, I yeah. did not expect her to be the one with all the money. And that, so that Absolutely. was like the first. That's a real subversion. Um, of what I would expect. Like, yeah. He, like, they even, he even compares it to being like, you know, only like he tried to leave her and get some of her money, but like the courts wouldn't honor that because he wasn't a woman. And we had that little MRA message right there in the <laughs> yes! middle. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and they throw it out and you expect everyone to nod sagely and be like, right, right, right. And you're like, wait, no, he doesn't deserve any of her money. He's not a good no, husband. He's a terrible husband. He hasn't been around. Like he's literally the worst. And um, what sucks about it is that even though he's the worst and like I feel like everybody should know that well god there's this terrible moment where the uh the sheriff and the deputy are talking and it's after the film opens with you know she's left this party she's in a car she runs into a satellite uh a giant man comes out and seems to like reach for her necklace and she gets away and yeah so uh, Charlie, like the stupid young cop, says, uh, "Boy, she tear she tore is tearing out of here like she was headed for the moon." And the sheriff Dubbett says, "Poor mixed up Mrs. Archer, I feel kind of sorry for her." Charlie, well, I would feel a lot sorrier for her husband if he catches her, him with that if she catches him with that honey Parker he's got stashed at the hotel. What a doll! And Dubbett says, "Well, come on, Charlie, it's past midnight." Town can't afford to be paying us overtime. 
whoa, <laughs> everything about that is ridiculous. Like, so that was like that moment where like, yeah, like he's a dick, but like he also has like kind of the permission and blessing of everyone there. Like poor Mrs. Archer, but really poor this guy. Cause if, I mean, he gets caught and all of his funds ruined, like yeah, she's going to be real mad. You everyone know? agrees that Harry is a creep. Um, but he's given a total pass by, like, the town. His gold digging is considered what anyone would do. His affair yep. with honey is just people are like, yep, not a problem. Um, the thing that he does that I'm like, this is truly too much, is when is when they, th- like, the like the dubbit thinks that he has committed murder. Like, when yeah. he leaves her out in the desert and he thinks that they, like, he assaulted her and left her for dead. And he's questioning him while Mrs. Archer is, like, languishing upstairs after she spent, like, a night out in the elements. And yeah. he's like, just don't leave town. I'm like, that guy should go to jail. <laughs> that guy needs to go to jail. You need to arrest that man on suspicion <laughs> of murder right now. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. And and the funny instead of just like, well, just be sure you don't go somewhere. Yeah, we might wanna we might wanna question you, Sonny Boy. Um, which is hilarious because that actually gives him time to actually try to murder her. Like, uh-huh. like one hundred percent. It's just one hundred percent. And and in further things that that ick me out about Harry is that I feel like Honey. So Honey is the one who kind of goads him on to to try to murder her. Yeah, like, she's the Iago of the story, whispering, you know, ideas. Yeah. But also, like, I don't think that he really even needed it. Like, he doesn't like, need it. But like, I feel like she's kind of a past for him, though. She like makes yes. It's easy to put the blame on her. I and, think I think it yeah. would be hard for a audience at this time to swallow watching a man um, plot murder on his wife without deciding he's a real bad dude question mark <laughs> so I think that they gave him honey is sort of like this like the like the sexy chippy escape it's like no 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 I mean yeah he's bad sure but like she's bad too and you're like well yeah but like murder sure. but she yeah <laughs> sure also, she didn't marry this woman, but also, like, yes, attempted murder is bad when anyone does it. It's a bad look in general, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. It also made me, like, feel really anti-honey, which I frankly resented. I was like, I, was, I, I would was, like to I would like to like honey. Yeah. You know? Or like at least not dislike her as much as I do. But she's like crazy. <laughs> like she's oh, actually no, they, crazy. they make her into an actual villain for sure. Yes. She's like for she's sure. a, a very evil character. Um, yeah. One thing that did stand out to me and I felt like it was um, very relatable is how you get the sense. So this is all about like like gender dynamics and power. Right. And I loved how it made it clear that somehow Nancy's monetary power does not help her. And just makes her a target, which the establishment will ridicule and mock and try to push down as much as possible. Like, yeah, like that moment with the newscaster. Oh, my God. From the Archer's palatial home away from home comes a report that Mrs. Archer has not only been seeing a sociable satellite, but it's inhabited as well. A 30 foot giant. Was he pink with big ears and tusks? Well, maybe Mrs. Archer, who has recently been feuding with her husband, Handsome Harry, has finally found a man from out of this world. A man who could love her for herself. Come, come now, Mrs. Archer. A man can ignore one million dollars, but fifty? That's too much to ask, even from the man in the moon. Hell yeah, she throws something at the TV and everyone's like, oh, 
crazy Mrs. Archer broke the TV. Well, and it's, she's insane. Well, it's wild because, like, when you hear this clip, you're like, I'm sorry, is he directly addressing her through the television? Oh, exactly. It looks, it's it's one of those shots where, like, well, it's, like is she insane? Like, did this actually it's not just, happen? Because it's, it's wild shit. It's just so personal. It's like when you hear, um, when, like, in a teen movie where, like, they'll have, like, an announcement over the loudspeaker and they'll be like, and who's going to the, ch- the, the homecoming dance with, you know, campus stud? And you're like, and, like, and they'll be like the main character. And you're like, wait, do they, like, know us? Like, what? what's, what's <laughs> yeah, happening? Sure. And it's wild, too, because, like, so he, so he delivers that, right? But mm-hmm. this is still KRKR dash slash TV news, which at the very beginning is saying that there is a satellite headed for the desert. So right. he's like, so they know like, that there's a satellite. Right? He's like, like well, there's Looney Tunes over here. I'm like, you just started it Wait, by like yeah. by like not making fun of a sea captain for seeing it. What? What? Yep. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. So. Why do we think that her wealth makes her so susceptible to ridicule? I feel I felt like that was very true. Yeah. Um, through this whole thing. I think that it's supposed to be a like a call to return to traditional values where it's like it's not natural for a woman to have all this, you know? Right. No, That's, she's she it's it's an abomination that she is the person with the yeah. money. So, um and I think that it's sort of like well, and she, she almost kind of holds it over him. Like, I don't think she literally holds it over him. I think that the movie is trying to say that she holds it over him, where she like is like, you only are here because you want my money. But like, that's an honest thing. And she says, all that I want is you, which also is so sad, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that they are, they're suggesting that Harry's actions are more reasonable because he has the misfortune of being married to a woman that he is financially dependent on. And that's real crazy. I also think it's really funny. Like, this whole thing is just, like, Nancy is often, like, blamed for, like, the crumbling state of her marriage. And it's, like, it's because, like, she's rich, but it's also because she has, like, this fragile emotional state. But, Mike, would you not have a fragile emotional state if reporters on television were seemingly directing, directing, like, brutal criticism at you literally making fun of you yeah no it's it's bananas um yeah i think that yeah yeah um let's see what else i got oh i also think it's telling and i don't think that the movie asks us to interrogate this necessarily more than just accept that it's real um but like the main issue with nancy the reason nancy drinks the reason nancy um like like is becoming unglued is because which she is ridiculed for constantly people talk about her being a drunk people talk about like are constantly bringing up the one time she had to like seek mental health <laughs> like yeah. all the time is that harry w- is will not stay faithful to her is like is sleeping around with other people is running around doesn't love her is disrespectful to her and it's broken and she's like broken hearted and she's just sad yeah. like she just yeah. she just wants her husband to like fulfill his role as a good husband and like be there for her emotionally and not cheat on her and yep. everybody in the town is like god she's so hysterical for wanting that and you're like um 
Is she really? Yeah. Is that is that our take? Um, I feel like I feel like she's actually asking for something that's pretty pretty normal. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Um. It's kind of weird because it's like even though it's like tighter storytelling, it's because of the shortness. There's like just a lot there. Yeah. So yeah. it's like another time Nancy, someone was a dick to Nancy. Um, that's the thing. I've got a list of times that someone was a dick to Nancy. I also feel like. It's really interesting the way that they tried to use um, this alcoholism against her. And it's not, but it's not even really clear that she's an alcoholic. Um, we never actually see do her we, drunk. Do we see her drunk ever? Yeah, let's talk no, about this we now. See her, we see her have like uh, a drink. <laughs> like, I think she has like two right in a row after she sees a 50 foot man who tries to steal her like diamond necklace, yeah. which I think is a fair thing to do. Oh, um, after- and then she has like, one more later on but like that does not make you an alcoholic we don't see her drunk you no, know we never see, we never see her drunk and we never see her like making bad i mean maybe it's like coded maybe we're supposed to like know that she's drunk in certain scenes where you don't see it explicitly but honestly she is just experiencing such crazy stuff through this entire yes film. and i think she's actually, someone who's like at the at the brink i you know i had this moment i'm sorry to interrupt you. yeah go for it i had this moment though where it was like okay so let's see. Let's say you saw something crazy. What would you do? Like, I would call my sister, or I'd call you, and I'd be like, "Listen, this is gonna sound insane. I know it's gonna sound insane. I need you to come here so I can talk to you in person, so that you know I'm not making a joke and I'm not insane. But when you get here, I'm gonna tell you I saw someone that was giant, like bigger than a skyscraper, and." I know that that's wild and I know it's wild that's not on social media yet, but I swear to God it's real and it's coming, you know? But like even mm-hmm. even my dearest loved ones, I feel like would not be out of line to like wonder if there is something wrong with me, you know, because it is it is an incredibly tall tale. <laughs> no pun intended. Ah. But <laughs> but um but it's just like it's so hard to like know that you are right. And that everybody else is wrong. But to both know that and also know that you are instantly going to be discounted because of this narrative. Like, who knows if she's actually an alcoholic or if, you know, that's something that Harry has spread around, like, about her to kind of discount her, you know? I'm sure she's had a couple drinks. I'm sure she's been depressed. But, like, it's unclear if that's even real, you know? You know what is real? The giant man. You know what might not be real? Her goddamn alcoholism, you know? Yeah. You know what is real? The fact that uh, Harry is actively plotting to steal her money. Um, yeah. and, and murder her. <laughs> and murder her and cheating on her. That is absolute, yeah. That is explicit in the text. Her alcoholism, yeah. not so much. And I would even say her fragile emotional state, not so much. So, like, we see her right after she, like, the doctor comes and, like, checks her out. And she, like, saunters down, down, the, uh, down the stairs as if she's, like, Saying like Cecil, like I'm ready for my close-up Cecil D. to be in the middle. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. she has like that like Sunset Boulevard kind of like energy about her, and she's basically yeah. like, "So it looks like you finally found a way to put me away forever." And you're like, "Whoa, Nancy!" <laughs> also, what did the do- like uh, that moment where she's like, "So what did the doctor say?" It's like, "Oh, did he not talk to you?" <laughs> like, "Oh, that's I... right. This is the 1950s. <laughs> Screw yeah. everyone." Um, yeah. Or you were literally least... just with her for a while and just decided to like, uh, let 
now I'm going to go tell your husband what I think. I'll see, yeah. I'll see you later. Or she can't at the very least trust that what he told her is what he told his her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she comes down like and seems to actually kind of like have it together. I was like, this woman's supposed to be emotionally fragile. She seems to be like, like she's not well, but who would be? <laughs> like, right. She's not like happy-go-lucky going to go make like a pot roast, but like, uh, again, who would be? <laughs> like... Yeah. If this were you or me, I would not be like, la da da. Now, now I'm gonna go about my life. You know, I I but, don't think I'd. I don't think to to mention something that uh, only one of us watches. I'd be like Samuel Tarley up at the Citadel saying the White Walkers are real over and over again and never <laughs> dropping it. <laughs> right, and because they're right. right. <laughs> Sorry, and it's because it just they're had right. To make a Game of Thrones reference, anyway. What I think is the most interesting thing about this film is that what readily like is I watching it now. It is so obvious to I think a modern viewer, especially a feminist modern viewer, that the hero of the story is Nancy. She's oh my struggling. God. Yes. She's struggling against a system that is almost cartoonishly out to get her. Yeah. Um, and she's so. Nobody has her back. Nobody has her side, except for Jess. But Jess, even like, like at one point, there's. Oh, so Jess is the butler. Jess is now since she was a child. Jess seems to have her back and support her. And then he's with the sheriff. They have literally climbed onto the satellite slash spaceship. And he's like, and they're like, the sheriff's like, I'm beginning to think Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Archer is crazy. He's like, me too. And, and you're like, like oh my God. Yeah. What? What? You're beginning to think? What about the giant footprint you saw? Like way back then, I'd be like, whoa. And and said, he's like, what do you think that is? Was that there before? And it's like, oh, you, like, is this a joke? Like it is. I mean, it's got to be a little bit funny. But um, anyway, yeah. so yeah. So sorry. Oh, Even no, Jess, no. who should be on her side. Clearly isn't really or is like not is like such a beta man in this world yeah. that it kind of like yeah. doesn't count. Like she has yeah. to hire the only man who'll believe her. You know what I mean? It's like it's not. Yeah. So but like it's just so satisfying to watch this woman like get kicked in the shins basically repeatedly by every man in the town and then become giant and just like rampage around and break stuff, which I think is why you, both become you and I were like more yeah. rampage, maybe more yes. dead bodies, maybe. Well, <laughs> right? No, that moment where like it's not even that she just like becomes giant and gets and walks around. It's that she's chained down and they try to pacify her and they try to lie to her and she rips away the chains and gets up and goes because yeah. like she's trying to call for her husband because for whatever reason she wants that piece of garbage. And then they're like, oh, he's sleeping all the room. She's like, no, he's not. I'm not an idiot, which is great. It's like this moment where she's finally like, she's been gaslit. She's she like, like, bye. I, yeah. And she's, yeah. And she like gets up. She uses some significant agency, which she only really achieves, even though she has money. I would say that in this film, she doesn't really have agency. She like achieves it through some radiation after being attacked by like a giant alien, uses her agency, goes on a rampage and goes in like, gets her revenge so yeah i don't know who like that's the thing that you ask this question i'm like it's hard for me to know who's supposed to be the hero like is it supposed to be the sheriff is he the hero i suspect that the 1950s audience uh were meant to side with the authoritative males white males in this story yeah, yeah. i think 
I think that um, we see those figures as clear enforcers of oppression for Nancy. Yeah, um, roadblocks. But I think we're meant to see like that the archers are this dysfunctional marriage, and it's like yeah. not right that the wife has all this money, and that she, and that the husband is trying to murder her. Like I think it's like the moment has the money, so like we should ridicule her for that. And then the husband's trying to murder her, but you know, just well, like any person would. <laughs> and then, yeah, right. But like I think that we're supposed to at the end of this do what they do, where you like look at their like little like sad twisted up bodies or in the case of hers enormous body to which i was like man are they gonna like how are they gonna bury that that's gonna be wild um yeah. and she's like full of radiation so not good for yeah. the land either um yep. and we're supposed to like shake our heads at this like pair of like excessive like twisted perversions of social norms and like walk away comfortable in the societal so like safety net like just like be like yep that's the way it's supposed to be and if you don't yeah, want to end terrible- up like them yeah. Yeah. And there's that terrible line at the end where they're like, well, I guess Mrs. Archer finally got to Harry got after it. herself. And got it's him. like, well, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, like as though that was like her goal. Like, dude, I think by the end, she didn't want fucking Harry. I think she was just pissed. Like, I don't think that that was like a, and now I'm going to make you love me. I think it was like, a, I'm sick of this shit. Maybe well, that's me projecting. She was projecting. definitely going to murder him. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 She was definitely and like, again, yeah. She wanted cor- Harry's cold, dead corpse in her giant hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think that she, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a, yeah, whatever. Fine. Mm-hmm. Another, uh, like, a, like the kind of, I guess, the B plot of this for me is that, um, we have so we have this 30 foot alien which i think it's funnier that she's bigger than the alien <laughs> like i don't yeah. know that's like a it tickles me that they make a big point of that um and so he's like the one who like puts all the radiation in her and makes her huge for reasons unknown in the text um, i think that i think it's not even that like he's trying to make her huge i think when he got the diamond necklace because he scratched her so i don't think it was like he was trying to do it um, but I like think he, it was yeah, a side accidental. Effect. Yeah, yeah. So accidental so, contamination, right? Like she. So, but he needs like the reason he's interested in her is that he needs her diamond to power his ship. That's how he makes his ship like his his spherical what they call a satellite fly around, um, and uh, and you know peruse this glorious land of ours, um, yeah. and. I thought it was kind of like it's like kind of a weird subplot that like the one thing that she has is what he wants. I, I thought this was like further co- like I, there's a lot of things I think that this is saying or could be saying. I think that one of them is definitely that the alien has the one thing that gives her any sort of power. And we have Nancy as this like figure that in addition to like desperately needing her husband to not be the worst and just like be a good husband to her. She also has this paranoia. She knows that she doesn't have power in this, in this social structure. And And the social structure, they like, they treat her like crap in her marriage. They treat her like, like she wants, she, she just wants to have a happy marriage with her husband. And yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So she so she has this like symbol of power, which is her diamond, which is her money. That's the only reason that anybody puts up with any of what they would consider her bullshit, even though it's real. Right. Yeah. Like is yeah, the no, fact that she no, like, like pays the bills. Right? Yeah. The sheriff even says when they're like, are we really going to go out here? The deputy asked him. He's like, 
as long as Mrs. Archer is paying most of the taxes, we're going to play along. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's like fake respect. Like she has. It's it's not respect. Like they're laughing at her behind her back. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. But she has like so such little power and it's so easy to take it from her. It's like it's like kind of a it's a beautiful metaphor of her fragile position within this world. Um, Yeah. And if she in fact, her her husband pockets it, walks away with it at one point, shows it to another woman and only brings it back so that she won't like notice. But like it's that easy for him to own her power. Yeah. Just take it away from her. Um, And I think that she uh, and we see it actually when she loses it. And then, like, yeah. when she loses the diamond, that's when she becomes huge. And that's when they absolutely stop treating her like she's a human being. It's yeah. just, like, an interesting... They get chains and an elephant syringe. <laughs> yeah. And meat Acme hooks. medical supplies. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> um, but I also think that uh, it's also a critique of her wealth. Like, I think that we're not supposed to... Like, that's how I read it now. But I think we're also supposed to be, like... And it's so crazy that she would put that fragile piece of herself like out there we're supposed to blame her i was standing right here it seemed to be reaching for my diamond that's another thing i've been wanting to tell you miss archer that diamond you're wearing tempt the devil himself there are a lot of drifters in the desert who'd commit murder for a well-cut piece of glass in other words you're suggesting that what i saw tonight was some desert tramp ah you're saying that ma'am i'm only suggesting that you be more careful with that diamond I didn't run all the way to town just for a lecture, Sheriff. Yeah, it's like we're highlighting, like, we're highlighting that that she has this fragile object out there. I suspect, Mm. I suspect also, like, this this whole diamond aspect of it is weird. Obviously, diamonds are, like, a symbol of wealth, no question. But I also wonder if maybe there's, like, a little bit of a critique of her. So, uh, diamonds have not always been in symbols for marriage and engagements. But they definitely were at this time. Like, De Beers started to, like, really push that agenda in the 40s. So now in 58, definitely that's established. Most most engagement rings are diamond rings. I kind of wonder if there's some little, like, veiled criticism of her marriage here, too, where it's like... Nancy's main diamond in her life is this huge pendant she that she owns. It's hers, right? Excellent point. Yeah. Versus absolutely. an engagement ring, which is a symbol that she belongs to one man. And yeah, no, it's a it's definitely an independence thing, and it's a sign of her independent wealth. Um, and I think that that scene with Dubbit, where he's like, "Oh, if you wear that out there, like it'll tempt the devil himself. Any man would rob for you." I think what he's saying is like because you have the symbol of independence, any man will take that from you. Like yeah. that makes you vulnerable versus if you were wearing the engagement ring your husband bought you and that was like your main status symbol that you would be protected from that kind of behavior, which is just Absolutely. simply wild. It's, which it's is simply wild. wild. Also like literally engagement rings are stolen from people all the time, you know, people are mugged for them, so like it's also yeah, it's wild on so many levels, but uh, I definitely think that, that is what the film is trying to tell us. So engagement culture is so is so wild. It's wild that it still exists. Um, it's funny because like, you know, I I think that there was a time when diamonds were um, well, jewels were given for not necessarily like engage like what like diamond rings, but you would give jewels, you would give dowry, so the woman had something that like if she ever had to flee, she could quickly grab and take with her. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, it's wild that that's still a thing, especially with everything that we understand about systems of oppression, colonialism, how South Africa was literally destroyed. Well, most lots of Africa is destroyed and people like torn apart um, to run diamond mines that, you know, it's just there's. Mm hmm. So it is very interesting that diamonds are the symbol of um, in this in this particular thing of what like the alien needs. I don't. I don't think that uh, that this movie is trying to go for like a, a colonialist critique, but I think that from a post-colonial perspective, you can't help but look at that and think about it. Um, these invaders who uh, attack people and take away, you know, this precious resource that we ourselves have been invaders um, of other uh, continents to uh, acquire. Well. And it, it to me and and we it's definitely called out like her diamond is not like the diamond lavalier uh, the diamond yeah, is the, no, star is the star of India it's explicit that this is the spoils of British colonial occupation in India like that's... yeah I just don't know if this movie is that forward thinking maybe I, I'm underselling uh, it I don't think so but I think that it's I think it's one of those things where like definitely in the movie Alien that movie is about men being afraid of things that they do to women happening to men happening to them absolutely and i don't i don't think that this movie is like has that but i do think that there is like kind of a baked in thing that like what we fear are sometimes the worst things we do to other people like right that's like that's how that's how systems of power work right like that's why they're afraid of the fact like when she becomes 50 feet tall they they know they know it's bad so i think every oppressor is afraid of the people that they oppress yeah absolutely so i do kind of feel like maybe it's like and a lot of this like atomic age paranoia stuff has like a them including the movie them where (laughs) yeah where they have you know like it's it's some invading force fueled by science that um that threatens uh you know the free land uh, you know, the yeah. free world, like our, our the way that our American way of life. And I, I don't think that it's a mistake that we have this colonial alien coming down and robbing us of our jewels. No, um, for sure. Because I think it's 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 made, even if it's not explicitly so, to make Americans, white Americans worry that aliens are going to come down and treat us exactly the way that that our ancestors have treated and we to the still same day until this day still do treat people yeah. of color forever and we have become so rich doing you know yeah absolutely so i don't absolutely. it's not it's not like i don't think the person was like and i'm now gonna insert a colonial critique but i think that it's just so baked in it's like yeah it's it's already there yeah it's because it's already it's such a it's such a it's such an undeniable thing that it's already there yeah right that's next or or they 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 fear this so they're like right because this is something we need to be scared of right because like everyone's afraid of this right yeah <laughs> yeah and you're like yeah. well i mean let's interrogate that a little bit <laughs> yeah it's not it's uh if it's yeah if it's something you're scared of maybe it's because we're doing something wrong yeah. yeah yeah what a what what a thought i would like to real quickly say just just uh just for one moment that um <clears throat> because we have just we have just encountered the moment again where we see the giant uh, man and I took some screenshots because I couldn't get a good view of what was on the back of his costume. Like he's wearing this like weird like leather uh, skirt and like kind of vest thing with like arm yeah. patches. Um, and on the back, there's an angle and I will post these images to social media to justify what I thought. It looked so much 
like a unicorn or a pegasus like next to like a cloud and i was so stoked and then like right before this podcast i was scrolling through like my multiple screenshots being like but like what is that and guys i'm sorry to tell you it's not a pegasus <laughs> with a cloud what is it? it is it is a bull with horns blowing out like smoke through its nostrils and so the where the horns Whoa. are they looked like they were flat like a cloud like they were they were the wings and the the smoke coming out of the nostrils looked like a cloud and I really, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to post this and I'll even sketch the outline of where I saw the constellation was clearly I uh, see, my little pony. I want to see your your cork board with the red, the red strings yeah. attaching these images to a picture of a cloud and a picture of a unicorn. Um, yeah. I wonder, I didn't Look even... Look out for that on your social media feeds, guys. Space Good. underscore brass. Anyway, sorry, Some guys. hot alien pics. Um, I'm very excited for that. I didn't even think about his costume, but he is dressed really weirdly. Like that's yes, yes I, he is. He's like not dressed... a Viking, just something though. I wonder. Also, if it's... I love that he looks so unattractive. Like, oh. I think he's meant to look very yes. unattractive, and then when she becomes giant, she is still goddamn gorgeous. Beautiful. In fact, there's a scene, and I like. I know that you know. Whatever. There's this scene where she's walking uh, away, and it's before you can really tell that she's wearing essentially like a bikini. And for a second there, Mary, because it's like the way it's tied in the back, I was like, wait, is that like that American apparel dress we both had that was like a convertible dress that like in one yep. style, you tied it in the back and it became like a strapless dress? Because I swear to God, it looked just like that. Maybe I'll also drop that and post it. <laughs> but I was wrong. I love there too. I love your, conspi- I love your conspiracy theories about costuming. But you All know, costuming only. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, I think his ugliness. I think is definitely purposeful. You know, what's also funny that it wasn't enough. <laughs> they didn't hire. I mean, like ninety grand is not that much to make a movie with, sure. even in the past. Even over the course of only eight days. So um, the alien is also the same guy who's the bartender in the saloon. Um, oh, that's so funny. Stop it. Yep. Tony. Tony. Hey, Tony. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I think that he is, he is portrayed in classic. I mean, there's this book that I read in college um, that I feel like I refer to on the daily when I see things, especially things where we otherize people as Americans, called Gunfighter Nation. And it's basically about how in every white American's mind, we are playing a little like spaghetti Western where we're the cowboys and anybody who's against us is a brown person, is an Indian. And how we cast when we think about like big, violent um like we think about wars or we think about uh, systems of violence within American society, we still recast that. Even when we are fighting people who are paler than us, we tend to we tend to highlight the color of their skin. We make them seem other because they are darker than we are. They're the bad guys. Yeah. We're the white hats. They're the black hats. You know, like we're yeah. they're wearing a headdress and we're wearing cowboy hats. Like that's like a thing we do. And I think I see that a little bit in his costumery and the way that oh, he is portrayed. Yeah. Like you can just yeah. tell he is a darker character than everybody else. Yeah, no. Um it's uh God, what is the name of that character in The Tempest? Um um, oh, Caliban. Yeah, Caliban. Post-colonial perspective uh, English class. Anyway. He's yeah. totally a Caliban. That's like yep. he, that's absolutely what his outfit reminds me of. Yeah. And he just dressed like most 
high school productions of Cal of the Tempest that I've ever seen. Like Caliban in yeah. high school production of the Tempest is dressed like this alien, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Down to the My Little Pony on the back. I'm yeah, a dur, a dur. <laughs> you know how that the traditional way, as Shakespeare <laughs> himself wrote as it. Shakespeare intended. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the British people love unicorns. I mean, yeah, I'd like do. to just say that this is all clear proof that I can appreciate high art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did just connect uh, this movie to The Tempest. So, I mean, yeah, I think uh, we're yes, doing okay. it. Yes. OK, good. Yes. I think we're doing it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, gaslighting. Gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. I'd like us to say gaslight at the exact same time to be my ringtone now or um, or my text. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. And for this one, it should have the, the like standard iOS <laughs> playing at the same time. Oh, my God. New theme music. <laughs> Let's but get I'm also sued. <laughs> Um, Mary, that's my goal. Okay, obviously. you want to know how you raise your profile? You get sued, and then you never can record anything again because you can't afford it. Are but you? boy, will you be known? You'll be super known. <laughs> I mean, it, are you even anybody until somebody sues you? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> are you anybody till somebody sues you? you. <laughs> that should be. We should do a a rendition of that for a uh, yeah. bonus. Um, yes. So this this yeah. movie is like totally about gaslighting. I mean, like explicitly, yeah. Harry is it purposely doesn't... trying to make Nancy think that she is crazy so that he can have her like shut away committed. and he can take all of her money. So like that is like yep. the definition that's, of that's what gaslighting. That's the definition of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because like all these other people who don't think that they're gaslighting her are 100%. Like the people who aren't conscious of it. But I would love to talk about, um, just because we... I like to talk about this moment between the doctors because I want to hear your read where um, it is after uh, <laughs> after our, our dear doctor has told Harry that he's he's ashamed of him. Um, how could he cheat on his wife? And then he's talking to like his dear friend, the other doctor is like, you know, I kind of think I did the wrong thing by uh, by recommending that she get back together with Harry. And the other doctor's <laughs> like, well, my friend, who knows? Like, don't you worry about it. It's not really your fault. And it's just this moment oh, man. where I'm like, it's so... what the hell is happening? I've known Nancy since she was born. In those days, she was a beautiful child. Fresh, young, full of the joys of life. But in the last few years, after her marriage, uh, she changed. Her health seemed to rise and fall with the tide of her emotions. Very sad case. A case not infrequent in this supersonic age we live in. I'm afraid I was unwise in advising her to take Harry back after they'd separated. Who knows, my friend? When women reach the age of maturity, Mother Nature sometimes overworks the frustration to a point of irrationalism. Like the middle-aged man of our age who finds himself looking longingly at a girl in her early 20s. That is absurd. So what is happening in this scene is 
These are two men sitting around waiting for another man, Harry, who's under the suspicion of murdering his wife, trying to murder his wife to give them permission to operate on his wife so that she will stop inexplicably growing into a 50 foot giant. And these two doctors are musing on why uh, Nancy has any right to feel so upset and powerless in her own life. And what they land on is womanly irrationality and (laughs) that is presenting as a midlife crisis. Yep. What? (laughs) Yep. Oh, my God. Like, that is the wildest thing. Like, this is the explanation for it. And to me, it's the medical professionals. I'd like to add the people who with authority that we are supposed to trust in society, this movie, whatever, you know. I'm getting some real, some real Chris getting his hands washed by his mother energy from all this, where it's like, from Solaris, where it's like, these guys are just like, who knows, sometimes bitches be crazy, and that's yep. it, and you're like, no, don't you understand that the fact that you are sitting around here pretending like what you're doing is in her best interest is exactly why she, like, has to drink? This is why she drinks? Like, yes, like, right. Or like, this is why she is having a nervous breakdown. Like she is trying to just live life and like wear a diamond the size of a Fig Newton around (laughs) a Western town and people just won't get off her tail. Like, geez, it's so crazy. That is almost immediately followed up with like her waking up and being like whoa i'm huge this is crazy i am terrified now and the doctors are both like well we now we have to alert the media she's awake we were trying to protect her best interests oh, i'm like my what? god i this moment when okay so this takes us to another moment where our dear sheriff and deputy lovely human humans that they are yeah um Find the giant footprint or like, hey, Jess, the butler, has this been here before? Do you know what this is? And they also say, they also say, like, a Japanese gardener definitely didn't make this. I'm like, are they which, like, problematic and shitty? Yeah, are there Um, any comments about Japanese people's size of their feet? What is happening here? Very, very, very tough look. And then, and then it leads into this moment where uh, the sheriff tells the deputy, now we can't tell anyone that we saw this, and people will think we're crazy too. What? You're like, no, cast. We're not going to investigate this woman. What? So put some, put some plaster. I just, I just put up like five pitches because that is my indignant rage voice. At no time do any of these men. They admit it quietly to each other, but do any of these men tell Nancy she wasn't crazy for seeing a UFO? Never. You're right. Never do At they no ever point. tell her that she is not insane. Yeah. She. She, they murder her. She dies at their hands without ever hearing nope. that they know that she wasn't crazy. They do a lot of overtime. So, right, like, kind of going back to that traditional film critique where they're like, man, yeah, it's derivative of, like, them, which is a movie about giant ants. Or, like, yeah. King Kong, movie about a giant gorilla, very famous, right? You guys all know sure. what King Kong is. <laughs> um, what? Tell me about this. What is it called? King Con? Wait a minute, hold on. What? Um, but like the second Nancy starts to get big, which is really funny because you just see like the only big prop they have. They so a have lot of it one is one prop is a giant hand, and I think they there... just changed the nails on it to make it a woman. It's the yeah. same fucking 
hand. Amazing. Amazing. And anyway, it looks sorry. like it's made out of like plastic, like plastic oh, fake leather. It is. I was sure that they made out of like, um, what is it called when you layer stuff and you make uh, like paper mache? Oh, That's paper. a paper yeah, yeah. Mache, mache hand. Yeah. I swear to God. It doesn't it's really articulate. Little, it's it a just like floppy. Yeah. Claws. Yeah. No fair. But at, the same time, than, but at the same time, I loved every second of it. Like I was oh, totally. Of course. I was like totally into like the very lo-fi special effects of this movie. Um, I think it's just really funny because like uh, when when the man when we see the man like it's so lo-fi like uh, he looks so transparent over the background in a way that's distracting and in most of the shots she's in like there are a couple times where you can see through her but most of the time she's pretty good like they did a better job yeah. with her than they did with him you know I think which is they good layered... because it's like the gut of it. Yeah, I think that they mostly layered him over like backgrounds that the that the car- actors were in, and I think that she is on like a miniature when she looks good. She's mostly yeah. on like a miniature soundstage sure. interacting with like dollhouses. I think that's why. Yeah. But I'm no, one hundred percent. But I'm even like even when she is large and she is like, and you can tell that she's projected on. They, I think that they do. They have more of attention to detail because they know that this is like. The crux. This is what we've come to see. Yeah. Um, What I've come to see is the attack of a 50-foot freaking woman. I don't care about some alien stealing diamonds. I'm here for the ladies, okay? I'm here for the lady. Yeah. (laughs) Although, basically every character, once she gets that size, drops any pretense of treating her like a human. Like, Oh, no. Like, that whole scene that we alluded to where they're like, we're delivering like 40 40 feet of chain and meat hooks. I'm like, you're going to put meat hooks through her? That that is wild shit. Because, like, then it's like, well, maybe they're just, like, putting around, but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, we're using meat hooks. Also, why does she need to be chained down? She's a human. You could talk to her. You'd be like, she's not going to go No, she doesn't lose her ability to talk. No. In fact, she, I think she only goes as upset as she is because they're goddamn trying to chain her down and keep her incapacitated. Like they tr- they treat her they treat her like King Kong. Like it is the scene yeah. from King Kong where they where he is chained up in the theater and he gets and he scared because he's chained up and he busts yeah. free and destroys New York City. Like that's why. So she's like, when this happens, I think the narrative is telling us that she is now like a wild animal that like man must tame. Like that's like the thing. That is yeah. happening there. Um, yeah. But to a modern view and to a feminist, and like that is, of course, like feminist in its own right, like a woman who is who is suddenly empowered is a wild animal. Like that yeah. absolutely has to be interrogated. But like yeah. it's such a nice moment in this movie for me when that happens because it's like she now has the uncontrollable power that she needs to smash her oppressors. I'm like, get them. Let's do yeah. this thing. Crush and that's everything. Like, and she's a hero. Like, yeah. Nah, like, we are, she is here to get revenge on the fact that everyone's being treated like they're insane when they are not. There are aliens. I was attacked. There was a satellite. There's a giant, like, monster. He made me sick. You all gave me terrible advice. You all have me stay with someone who maybe tried to kill me and you all don't even do anything about it. Like... Nah, I'm going to go take care of shit myself. Um, yeah. So 
Way to go, Nancy Archer. Do it. I do. So there's like a long history. I should like post. uh, I read this article about how um, the atomic age was linked to um, feminine sexuality. Quite like like a lot of fat, sexy fashion was based on atomic like the bullet bra and Mm -hmm. like bomb girls. And in fact, bikinis are named bikinis because that's like the bikini beach drop bomb drop zone is that wild that is wild and i th- they think it's because like the the like incredible power of a explosion is like orgasmic ah, and you like see a sexy lady and like ah makes you feel atomic like that's why it was done but yeah. i love that usually we see nancy and she's pretty covered up like she's wearing she wears like she wears like form-fitting clothes but like she's like clearly very wealthy and she's wearing layers as like a wealthy woman right like she usually has like a dress and then like a jacket and sometimes like a hat and like she's she's generally like dressed fancy and then when she gets big she's wearing she like immediately is like suddenly in like a white bikini to do to do mayhem so i kind of read this as like she's taking back her sexual power too like yeah she's she's like going out there and going to kill people as a sexy woman (laughs) i thought that was kind of fun it was really fun yeah um yeah, I I think honestly, this is gonna sound weird. I think the time she looks most like a babe in the entire movie is when she's giant because she also doesn't look um, scared or timid or yep. like she's worried everyone thinks she's crazy um, or sad about like the way that she's being treated. Like, um, it's not even about like what she's wearing; it's about her goddamn confidence, you know. And her sneer. I love her sneer. Her sneer. I love her sneer. The poster. After I say confidence, I was like, well, I should also talk about that face. Yeah. yeah. She has a great sneer. Like the Uh the sneer from the poster is what she's doing. They were paying attention. Um, Yeah. But yeah, she's definitely like looser and freer than she is in any other part of the movie. Like for most of the movie, she has her hair up in this elaborate like, you know, curls and coils that ladies used to wear. But then when she's big, her hair is free flowing. Except it's mm-hmm. pinned behind her ears with tiny bobby pins because it's still the past. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, it's still the past. <laughs> yeah. One assumes that those bobby pins were also affected by um, the atomic energy. Oh, they energy. must have been. Yeah. They had to have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I did think it was really funny. <laughs> so basically, like, Rome is burning. She is rampaging. Charlie runs into the saloon and is like, Harry, I have been charged by Dubbit for some reason to come in here and get you into a squad car so I can drive you away so that you like your wife cannot kill you. Which I was yeah. like, bad, bad call. You should just give him like you should <laughs> yeah, just give right? her Harry. This, um, this guy is a monster. Just, you know, pass him along. Yeah. Um and He's like, he's like, your wife's destroying the town. Harry knows that his wife is really huge. What's funny is like, no one seems so very surprised that she's so big. Like, like you have the initial like nurse screaming about how big she is and that kind of thing. But and after that, after that, everyone's like, yep, you know. And then and Nancy's fifty feet tall now. And <laughs> Harry says, he's like, you need to come outside. Your wife's destroying the town. And she's looking for you. And Harry's like, I can't go out there. She's crazy. I'm like, no, that's not the problem, Harry. The problem. The problem is that you tried to kill her and have gaslit her and have robbed her and have humiliated her for years and years and years. And now she's a giant who can squish you like an ant. Her mental instability is not the problem. (laughs) 
here. No, 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 no. But I like that that is still like what he is afraid of is that or like what he is willing to put out into the world as like what is worrisome. Crazy. Harry, you crazy. Um, I do hate that uh, she gets blamed for um, Honey's death. Uh, I don't even know like how explicit it really was. It's sort of weird. I, I mean, like I, I, I thought that they shouted at one point. Like I thought that I yeah, thought that she killed him. Shouted like probably, but like yeah. she doesn't like pick honey up and like squish her. She's like she like is knocking she's down a building <laughs> and yeah, she's taking off a roof. And you know, obviously there are going to be some side effects to that. So some collateral damage. I mean, I think she is trying to kill her, her, honey, and I honestly don't blame her because honey <laughs> was trying to kill her. Like, yeah, honey wanted her dead. Um, yeah. very, very clearly. So, you know, I've said, I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times on this, on this episode, I wish the body count was higher. And I don't think I've ever said that about any movie ever. You know, <laughs> I wanted to, I was like, kill Dubbit, kill Charlie, kill all those doctors too. They're not doing, I mean, they've done no, dirty. No, they're not doing any favors. You, you know, you know who gets to live? Jess. I don't yeah. think Jess is perfect, but Jess can no. live. Okay. And maybe you should like pick Jess up and give him a little scare, but then like, <laughs> yeah. but then like tuck him into like tuck him onto your shoulder like a parrot, and then stro- stride yeah. out into the desert. I think yeah. that's a good end. I um, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, she definitely deserved to live. Um, is another thing, you know, like did not. Oh, did she not did. deserve to die. No. No. And did I, not I mean, deserve to be punished, which no. uh, movies like to do to strong women. Um. And, and, I and, would, and that sorry, end is absolutely the sign that they think that Harry, that the Harry is like equal. She is equally culpable in this in this tragedy as Harry is, which is wild because it's not yeah. the case. No, it's a, it's a it's a very interesting take on this whole. Um, yeah, on this on this on this whole scenario. I would like to say that um, if you try to buy any merch on the attack of the fifty foot woman. My favorite terrible thing that came up is this photo of like a, a giant woman who's basically wearing a bikini sitting down, holding up a car, like just gently on her palm of her hand with a man inside with a heart over his head like he's in love with her. I don't think that they saw this movie is all I'm going to say. There's nothing like that in this film. OK, I think that that says more about the artist than it does about this movie. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. So in all these movies. Like, right, in Them and Invasion of the Body Snatchers and all of these movies, we have a story which is basically warning society about the risk of science and the risk of this this supersonic age that we're living in, this atomic age. Um, So, you know, in a movie that is so much about gender power, I think it'd be interesting to kind of, like, go through and talk about what what we are supposed to be afraid of, what this movie is telling us we're supposed to be afraid of. Um, And I feel like we have like one little tiny moment with this old prospector on the desert, which is like totally the kids and their newfangled things. Oh, 100% hilarious. Where he's like, pa, uranium. This is just make-believe. A lot of junk to sell to the people. What people? It ain't like the old (laughs) days when you... Yeah, uranium. It ain't like the old days when we could just go out prospecting for gold. What? <laughs> yeah. And in a I movie about that. And in a movie that has such a slim run t- runtime, deciding that you're gonna do that, you spend time on that guy, is yeah. wild. So I feel like we have this, like this. Definitely, he's the sign that like we are not to trust science. Science is bad. 
don't mm-hmm. like your like focusing on uranium as opposed to gold is bad, which is crazy because in this movie it's just about like greedy people messing up their lives hugely. Yeah. Um, but I think that like what they're using science as like a as a shorthand for is that this movie is warning against the excesses of permissive society. All those women holding on to money and drinking booze. And all those husbands dancing with young girls to jukebox music. <laughs> they're just like, they're going to die. That's what's just going to yeah. happen. You can't, you can't There's have only that. one end that comes from drinking booze, dancing jukebox music, and women having money. And you know yeah. what that is? A giant woman a- destroying the town. And by that, I mean killing one man. Um, <laughs> a giant woman. And another kill- girl. Dinos, killing two people who were, who were plotting her murder. Um... <laughs> yeah. um and yeah. I think it also goes into overtime absolving these authoritative men, the the law enforcement and the doctors, of any guilt for creating a society which would fail Nancy so remarkably and reward Harry so brazenly. And yeah. they can just like see their little dead like their dead bodies and their cor they're, they're these two corpses and just sort of be like, Well, that was brutal but fair justice and then walk away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, completely not interrogating or caring at all about their role in any of this. But, you know, I think that the main enemy that it's pointing to, there's always an enemy, there's the alien, but the main force in this is that the person who's going to dismantle the American dream in this story is women. Like, women with uncontrolled power um, will lead to social demise. And we will be a backward step. It's like the same thing where you see um, in the Victorian age, a lot of um, media about matriarchal societies imply that it's like a backward step and that like to go against it is going against progress. So it's interesting to see it here where it's like, oh, women with power, that's bad. That would be like. That's like that's science makes it happen, but it's 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 bad for our for American ideals and will take us back. So you have this sort of weird, this weird like forward thinking but backward morals kind of story at play yeah. here. Um, and um, you know they just don't want the people that they've oppressed for so long to have power that they've denied them. And because you know what. That's that's when things go bad for the oppressor, uh, when the oppressed rise up. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Final thoughts? Uh, my final thought is generally, <clears throat> I think this movie is 100% worth watching. I think it is think so a too. treat. I think that uh, if I were going to make any changes, it would be something that we've said Multiple times. Increase the body count. Woo. More dead but, um, people. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah, you're right. I don't say that a lot. And it makes me sound very macabre. Ever, but, I don't think I've ever said that about a movie before. <laughs> no, but uh, this this one, so many people deserve it that don't get it. Um, there's, that never, I, there's so many men worth uh, killing in this movie. <laughs> it's so little time. <laughs> um, okay, maybe maybe a little bit of a tough look for me. Check out this movie. It's really awesome. Um, and if you haven't seen the poster somehow, you know what? <laughs> At least Google that. that. If you've never heard of any of this or seen the poster, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, maybe comment on our social media where we will be 
barraging with <laughs> gifts of a gorgeous woman reaching into a window King Kong style. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I I also recommend this movie. It's it's definitely worth your time. It's enjoyable. Uh, it's lo-fi and a little cheesy, but I think that if you're going to sure. watch one paranoia atomic age B-movie, make it the one that's about a woman struggling with how little power she can have within the society and then getting to smash buildings. Like, that's a satisfying thing. 100%. Um, and I think it's gotten 100%. better with age. Like, I bet at the time, like, I bet a lot of the stuff was just not cared about or noticed and so it just kind of seemed it seemed same old same old but a modern audience I think will immediately hone in on Nancy's plight and see that you know people are considering her hysterical because she's a woman and they're not like yeah. they're not respectful of her because she's a woman and all yeah. these men in town are happy to gaslight her for Harry because he's a man <laughs> um, yeah it's interesting because I think so much of what makes it good and makes it a great critique are things that weren't meant to be critique they were just baked into the plot um, because mm-hmm. they were a literal reflection of the time and that's fascinating it's a lot of fun I find, you know, I feel like this is like the thing I say in every podcast we do, but nature finds a way. <laughs> Feminism <laughs> finds a way. It's in there. People yeah. can't help it. Men will always, patriarchal societies will always betray that they know exactly how rotten they have treated women and that they and that they fear it so so strongly that if women are given any little bit of power they will immediately use it to kill them and like seek revenge and they know mm-hmm. they know that they're rotten mm-hmm. um i would like I to w- say right now just uh maybe this can be an offline comment maybe it can be an online comment but my new goal is to take the audio clip of Jeff Goldblum saying life finds a way and just dub over life with you saying feminism finds a way and then we can just reuse it uh, as often as uh, necessary it can be a recurring sound bit i love it yeah we should definitely i i've also thought about this for all of our like all of the shows we should definitely Mm -hmm. have as a bonus item um space browse bingo with all of our like catchphrases like lukewarm takes would definitely be a square (laughs) totally tepid takes tepid takes um But yeah. um, I think and I think the movie is is right, if only because as we stand on the precipice of another incredibly terrifying supersonic age, um, yeah. we it is important to remember that we cannot turn our backs on science and progress, even if it is scary, because mm-hmm. it is the surest fire road to evening out power dynamics between oppressed people and their oppressors. And. You know what? Along the way, some dudes are going to get squished, but it's it's about time. It's it's just what happens, you know? It's what happens when the body is shaken, Mary. It's just <laughs> something that happens. It's just what happens when the body is shaken by the Don't. patriarchy. Hey, yo. Got to shake them so, back. Uh, guess, uh, guess what we're going to be watching next time, Mary? Something a bit more modern, perhaps? Something in color? Something in mm-hmm. color. Huh? <laughs> and Technicolor HD. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a little bit of fun with a uh, with a uh, with our. I don't think that this is considered summer, but an early summer blockbuster, a spring blockbuster, if you will, a spring um, fling, a spring uh-huh. flick. Yeah, 
a little a little ditty, a, a small budget, low production film called <laughs> something that was Captain definitely shot Marvel. In, <laughs> something was definitely yeah. not shot in eight days. Um, <laughs> yeah, with a ninety thousand dollar budget. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I am very excited to see this. This will be the first Marvel movie I have seen since Guardians of the Galaxy 2. (laughs) So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to need to do some Wikipedia reading to know what the heck is going on. You'd be surprised. Really? No, no, no. Yeah. It, it mostly takes place, uh, in, in the past, the past. I like that. Oh, well, mm, no, Wonder Woman's DC. I'm on the clear. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> like, yeah, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, we don't get to see Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel make out, but you know, we might, <laughs> but we might. I mean, you know, crazier things have happened, okay? That's more a Batwoman, uh, Wonder Woman territory, but since only Batwoman we're getting, apparently, it's going to be occasionally. Well, might be on the CW, might be Ruby Rose. That's this is a totally different conversation for another day. But Mary, what are you watching next time? Uh, watching Captain Marvel. So you Woo! know, get to your local dollar theater at this point. Get get thee to a theater. Um, yep. Buy yourself. Yep. Go to the dollar theater, and while you're there, buy some popcorn and raisinets. Have some self respect. Come on. <laughs> Maybe smuggling a can of wine. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. You maybe, do you. Maybe go to a dollar theater that sells wine. I don't oh, know. yeah, even better. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, though, you can still see it. Uh, well, by the time it's released, it's never mind. Oh, yeah, that's like a, my concern. <laughs> I was like, I was like, by the, by the time you see this, this could still. I mean, it could still be at like your a month local. And a half. It's multi. It's like a month and a half away. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Thank you for listening to Space Press. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, and please leave us a review. Leaving us reviews and rating us helps other people to find this incredible content that I know you all love and have come to trust and respect. If this is your first time here, it only will be better from here. If it's your last time here, well, don't make it your last time. Um, be sure to visit <laughs> outrageousmechanisms.com slash space dash bras to see show notes and find other excellent podcasts. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at space underscore bras. Very nice. And now, uh, whether this is your first time here or your first hundredth uh, join yeah. us join us as we raise our glasses and you have the official toast of space bras in these troubled times we must remember that even though everyone else might suck especially Harry in this case we are awesome and the galaxy is ours cheers, cheers. Outrageous.